You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's the Undercard. The Undercard brings you the best in hand combat sports. Featuring major interviews, current events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company, Podcasting Church Studios, and is produced by Rochelle Whitney. And now, here are your hosts, Brad, Cody, and Jimmy. Welcome to another edition of The Undercard. Nine. No. I figured it out. 270? 270. 270 is the episode number, people. Um, I'm just going to go on a little yeah. rant here. Uh, and bear with me. If you're new to the program, I sometimes can go off on little... Did anyone hear the first part? Should I start over again? No, it's just it was low. Oh. So. Uh, so just in case, uh, I'm going to start off the show with a rant. Uh, on occasion, I've been known to do that, and it, it's typically very, um, maybe maybe vague. And the the reason it, it, it being vague is maybe um, there's things I can't talk about about it, or maybe there's um, it, it, it's pointless to talk about. But what what I will say is that um, you know. Being in this great world of boxing and MMA, there's definitely nothing I haven't seen. And going on seven, eight, nine years, wherever wherever I am, and I know we're celebrating next week uh, five years at the undercard. Um, I want you to realize, if you guys are taking the time out there to listen, there is nothing that you could fucking say or fucking do that I haven't seen in this fucking industry. And the stuff that we've seen in this industry is crazy. And so I don't know certain people out there what your positioning or what your reasoning is, but I can tell you that there is a million bigger fish to fry out there in the world. And um, it's just a crazy sport. You see it all, and then something happens again, and you're like, I guess I haven't seen it all. Um, you know, but it is the sport. I mean, you know, there, there's uh, good promoters out there. There's bad promoters out there. There's uh, good matchmakers out there. There's bad matchmakers out there. There's, you know, good shows and there's bad shows out there it's just it, it is what it is and um it, and it's a good i guess a little bit of a bridge to our next topic um you know the larry merchant called boxing the theater of absurd and it really is and we have our first guest is michael woods michael woods does the best boxing podcast 
in the freaking world. He has the best guest in the world. Um, hopefully he's out of his uh, uh, snow range here, but we're going to have him on in a few minutes, and we're going to talk uh, about the Golovkin and Canelo uh, situation. But um, no surprise, the drama that's been brought up with the Canelo situation. Um, I don't know. I don't know Canelo. I, I, I have interviewed him. Um, I have been around him. But uh, as anyone that has knows, he speaks Spanish and you, you, you go through a translator with him. I like to think the good in everybody until proven wrong. And, um, but this testing thing has ruined Golovkin, uh, Canelo too, uh, to the point that there is no momentum going into it. Besides no momentum going into it. Really, they're talking about maybe even having a backup for Golovkin May 5th. And by the way, the backups they're talking about, that those aren't pay-per-view fights. Um, Cinco de Mayo has been uh, a boxing holiday for many years. And so I'm going to ask Mike Woods a big question here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here. Is boxing on the decline again? Because we had some momentum. But if your biggest superstar gets suspended, I mean, he's already suspended by Nevada, but, I mean, cannot fight. And even if he wins, the naysayers will say possibly he knew about the steroids, allegedly, whatever. It doesn't matter. The fight's tainted. It's not even fun to deal with. And I tell you what, if this fight doesn't happen May 5th, I'll let everybody in on a secret. This fight's not going to freaking happen. It'll never happen. And so we, we've lost a great moment in boxing history of whether or not either of them are juicing. And, I, you know, there's no nothing out there about Golovkin, but um, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. They were both great boxers. They were both a lot of fun to, to be a part of. And the fight could be in danger here. The fight could be absolutely almost gone forever and ever. And I don't know how to feel about it as a boxing fan. Sometimes this sport makes me want to walk away from it. I literally just want to be done with it. Um, and... This Golovkin Canelo thing, the Mayweather thing with whether or not he's doing MMA. There's just so many storylines out there that I sit around and I think, why the f am I freaking doing this anymore? And the question, the big question is, is boxing on the decline? I mean, attendance everywhere is down. I mean, NHL, uh, uh, Major League Baseball, maybe, 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 yeah, I'm sorry. Maybe Major League Baseball is on the up, but it's it's typically uh, on the decline. So you can't go by attendance numbers, but you could go by is boxing even talked about in local bars that used to talk about boxing? Um, you know, it it's really become that point 
What's the status before critical with a patient? Um, stable. I thought stable was uh, critical or no? I thought there's something in between uh, critical. Where's Jimmy? <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't say it's critical yet, but I wouldn't say we're stable either. We're 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 in that middle part boxing right now. Um, it's disappointing. It's tough to wake up in the morning and every day be a part of this sport and to have this happen. Um, I'm not going to lie. Canelo was probably one of my favorite fighters. Um, I know it's Rochelle's favorite fighter. I mean, if if he purposely cheated, it's unforgivable. But we'll never know, and the doubt's there. And just like it's serious, the OJ Simpson. Uh, no, 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 the answer is serious. Okay, yeah, serious condition. <laughs> um, just like the OJ Simpson jury could not, you know, without a reasonable doubt, rule that OJ Simpson did murder. Nicole Kidman, even though the evidence was pretty overwhelming there. Uh, without a reasonable doubt, I don't know. I don't know Canelo. Um, these are all going to be great things to talk to Mike Woods here about in a little bit. Um, and like I said, the best boxing podcast in the world. And we're lucky enough to have him on the show occasionally. Um there's also other stuff going on that I, I did want to talk about. There is a big heavyweight fight. You wouldn't know it on this side of the sea. Uh, Joshua versus Parker. Um, if I'm a betting man, and I am, I'd put my money on Parker. Uh, doesn't mean that I don't think Joshua might win, but I, you know I could see where Parker could win. And supposedly Deontay Wilder gets the winner. I'm going to speculate. That Deontay Wilder versus the winner of Parker Joshua is probably further away than most people are speculating. What if this fight's great on Saturday? Well, then there's a rematch, and that's in September, maybe October, maybe August. And that puts the Wilder versus Joshua or Wilder versus Parker even further on the back burner. Um, What if, you know, for whatever reason, uh, you know, as much as Wilder says, we'll fight anywhere, we'll do this, we'll do that. What if, what if Wilder does not want to go over to uh, Europe, which is the smart play? Attendance-wise, it's amazing over there, and um, you will probably be paid a lot more to fight over there. But I'm not going to act like that's not an inconvenience, um, you know. Uh, Amanda Bobby Cooper, a friend of ours, we're talking different sport really quick. She's fighting in Brazil. I'm not going to act like that's not a fucking difficult situation. The only thing that makes that less difficult is your opponent is also not from there. But I tell you what, if you're fighting somebody from Brazil and you're heading to Brazil, uh, James Gray, who did that, uh, I forget the name of the fight league he did it for, um, will tell you that advantage always goes to the home uh, the home team there. Uh, but I see flaws in Wilder's game. 
I don't know how good Joshua is. I don't know what kind of Klitschko we saw. The fight was exciting. And uh, maybe maybe Parker, maybe maybe he's the, the guy laying in the weeds. I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. We're going to go to our first break. When we come back, Michael Woods on the flip side. Talk to everybody soon. We're listening to The Undercard, Hand Combat Radio. Welcome back to The Undercard, everybody. Uh, we got Michael Woods coming up. And we are going to call him right now. Mike Woods. Hey, Mike, it's Brad. You're live on the undercard. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty well, man. How you doing? <laughs> well, not 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 too good of a day. I was I was kind of venting on some boxing stuff. I was going to get your opinion on uh, on some of it, but you know, I can't kind of came. Hold in on, with... hold on. What happened? What happened today that made the day not so good? Well, you know, it, it's just that you come to a realization that you know maybe yeah. maybe maybe our sports on a decline. I mean, this Canelo Golovkin thing is such a it doesn't look good um you know maybe maybe our best days are behind us you know i, I thought we were i thought wow. we were trending in the right okay, direction you're taking this hard man you're taking this hard <laughs> i'm trying to think of what i'm going to say is going to cheer you up i i think it is um i try to look at it not like oh it's up or down and and so big picture like that i guess i kind of see it as jesus the sport is always so freaking interesting it's always interesting, and, uh, well, isn't this interesting again? Uh, if the fight plays out that it occurs, will you be happy or will you be sad if they pull the plug on it because the commission on April 10th determines that they believe Canelo Alvarez was using clenbuterol and did not take it via tainted meat? Will you look at that as a positive because the commission is taking a stand against PED usage? You could take it as a positive, as a long-term positive, as, a, as an oversight body, actually having some sort of principles and scruples and not just going for the money, just going for business as usual, just going for the show must go on. So I, I, I'm, I might be asking you to reframe how, how you're thinking about this. I don't want <laughs> you to necessarily get into a funk or depression over it yet. Maybe maybe the time comes when the determination comes and it's mucked up or whatever, but let's see how it plays out is, is, is what I'm counseling for right now. All right, we're being joined by Michael Woods. You can check out the Bex. I mean, he has the best boxing podcast in the world, and I'm not I'm not lying. I listen to a lot of them. It's Talk Box with Michael Woods. It's uh, powered by Everlast. Uh, you can look at it at TalkBoxPodcast.com. Um, Mike, I'll just break it down the way I look at it. Um, okay. You know, if the fight goes forward and Canelo wins, yeah. it, it's tainted yeah. because he possibly was using. If it's pulled okay. back, it's no longer a pay-per-view. And what used to be one of the biggest boxing weekends of the year is being replaced. Right. Now Now it can't be a pay-per-view. It's got to be just an HBO show because the other guys aren't pay-per-view uh, material uh, that would fill in for the Golovkin. Um, so either way, this isn't this isn't a winning situation for boxing. And then whether or not we'd want to admit it, this is like a Kevin Durant or this is like a Sidney Crosby testing for it because Canelo is top three superstar. Amen. You're right. And 
when word came out that he popped for clenbuterol, I will say this. My jaw didn't drop. I didn't say, holy smokes, last guy that I ever would have expected this happened to. I basically took it like uh, another day in paradise, another day in boxing. I'm not casting any aspersions, mind you. I'm not saying, oh, I thought Canelo was dirty. But let's just put it this way. I don't... You look at the guy's body, and he's looked kind of ripped and jacked and muscled up and whatever. And I'll be honest, did it cross my mind coming into this that, hmm, I wonder what his supplement regimen is, okay? Yes, it did. So I wasn't hugely surprised. So maybe that helps. Maybe it didn't, like, bowl me over. Um, but you're saying, well, it's like a Crosby or one of these other mega stars. Yeah, I guess. But I think there is more of the expectation within the fight sports that a certain segment, a certain portion of guys are using PEDs. So, again, doesn't blow me over, doesn't blow me away, doesn't remove any innocence from me, okay? Um, I think also, my man, I would have been more disappointed, and I might be wrong here, but I think I would have been more disappointed if it were another chemical found in the system, if it was nandrolone, if it was EPO, if mm -hmm. it was some of the other synthetic steroids or testosterone or what have you. I, I could be wrong here, but because it was clenbuterol, which probably maybe was used to just sort of fat burn and work out harder and trim down quicker so, you know, you get in shape quicker. I don't know. I, I could be BSing myself, but I kind of feel like, all right, of all the PEDs, this one isn't the worst one to use. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe I'm just corrupted. Maybe I've been covering it too long, and maybe I'm making excuses for these guys. So rather than saying, oh, well, it reduced any of my innocence, maybe I'm sort of cynical and jaded. Maybe I, maybe I expect too little of these guys. I, I, I guess I, like, I'm trying to figure it out as I go too, man, because I'm a guy who does a lot of stories. I write a lot of stories on PEDs, on, on what the testing is going to be for, for fights. Um, I try to be responsible. I try to care about it because I think it's the right thing to do as a journalist to be someone who's paying attention to the way things should be done. They should be done the right way. They should be done with integrity. I mean, in society now, how much are we seeing that being done by people period it's an age <laughs> it's a degraded age yep i mean you go on social media and you see what people say oh i figure they're all freaking cheating anyway so what's the big deal that kind of shit well i'm trying to kind of fight back against that I, maybe it's quaint maybe it's old school maybe it's maybe it's uh, stale maybe it's even corny fighting for it but i i kind of try to think i'm i want to be fighting for the guy or gal who is doing it clean and doing it right doing it the right way can look their kids and their family and fans in the eye and say, I'm doing it the right way. I, I want to stand up for those people and I want to cover the sport, uh, you know, really looking at them and looking up to them. So let's just put it this way. Let me boil it down. I'm really looking forward to that April 10th hearing with the Nevada commission. Correct. I really want to know what's going to go down. I think it's curious that they are not compelling Canelo to show up. Uh, supposedly he is going to be, uh, chiming in through, uh, you know, via telephone, okay? I think it's curious that he's not going to be there if he indeed doesn't show up. Now, there were two tests. You know that, right? There yes, was one and they both February came back, 17th yeah. and one taking February 20th. 
the level on the first test was higher, 10 times higher, uh, 0.6 nanograms per milliliter, something like that. And then the second one was 0.06. So the level dipped. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but if the level on the second one was higher, 10 times higher, that to me would have been more shady. That to me would have indicated, well, he knew he had a test on the 17th. Maybe he's thinking there isn't going to be another one for a while, and he used it. But the fact is that it went down, and the fact that they found an expert who is affiliated with the lab where they did the testing, who is already on record, quoted as saying those ranges for the clenbuterol were within the range, the accepted range, as coming from uh, eating contaminated meat. They already have... I guess the guy's an expert. I, I don't. I, I I looked him up a little bit on the internet. He's a doctor at university. Blah blah blah. Um, so my thinking is, if they have an expert saying that, and that expert testimony isn't sort of blown out of the water by someone else of of higher value saying that's BS. These are not within the, the levels found. We're not within the range of being able to possibly come from tainted meat. Uh, long story short, I, I could see him getting off and saying, you know what, uh, we don't like it was in your system, but it is plausible that you uh, had the computer on the system for meeting these messed up cows, and uh, so we're going to let the fight go on. Now, uh, probably a lot of people that listen to your show do read Dan Raphael, right? He's right. the number one boxing writer in, in the nation and in the world, probably. He has been indicating that he thinks the fight is in serious jeopardy. That's clickbait, though. He's not just making that up as he's going along. He's hearing things, right? He's hearing from sources. It is being indicated to him that the fight is in serious jeopardy. I'll believe it when I see it. I respect him, and I respect his sources. I'm not going to sit over here and say, oh, I don't believe him, and I think he's wrong. No, I respect how long he's been in the game and the job he does. But I'm just saying... I'll be very surprised if uh, on April 10th they say, Canelo Alvarez, you are not fighting. Your suspension is continued, and uh, Gennady Golovkin can fight on May 5th, but it isn't going to be against Canelo. Now, you said that you've uh, written on PEDs and stuff. I have an interesting question for you, and it's okay. a different sport, but let, let's go California, who who laid basically a death penalty down on John Jones. Uh, his second offense. Do you think Nevada's looking at other states getting ahead of them? Um, oh, great it, question. Good, yeah. Great question because it's um, primarily money that matters. Uh, ego matters. You are Las Vegas. You are Nevada. You want to be seen as the fight sports capital of the planet. You don't want to see any ground to California and or New York. So you want this May 5th to fight to be in Las Vegas, in Nevada, right? You don't want it to slither away and have someone else book it. So what do you do? There's a little theorizing here, but I think this is is on target. You put Canelo on suspension. Therefore, all the other commissions have to respect that suspension, and they cannot come and say, hey, you guys, come over here. You're going to get a good look from us, and you'll be able to do the fight. We in California are going to be on board. Come have the fight in California. That, my friend, is, I think, why they put him on suspension, because all the boxing fans are saying, I don't understand. He's suspended? How is he suspended? What's he suspended from? Are they telling him he can't train? No, they're not telling him that. What's he suspended from? It's a stupid designation. No, 
there's a rhyme or reason, I think, to why they're doing it. So it could slither away to another jurisdiction. So that's kind of in line with your point in asking about, you know, they're looking over at California. What has California done with uh, guys that have been getting busted? Uh, and oh, so much of this is made up as they go, right? It's all subject to interpretation. We know this. We know that laws that are on the books are so often actually um, uh, aimed at and uh, activated on the little guy. But laws don't apply to the big guy, right? Oh, yeah. Aren't we seeing maybe a lot of this going on in the political sphere? Yep. Aren't we seeing a lot of stuff that uh, regular rank-and-file people would get busted for, but, but big wigs don't? I mean, if I did my taxes and I did them like GE, it would be flagged and audited like hell. <laughs> but because they have 7,000 lawyers, no, they get away with paying zero income, zero uh, taxes on crazy revenues in the tax year 2016. So my point being is, I guess I'm trying to say, usually money talks, and usually money talks louder than anything else. And that brings me back to saying that's why I believe that Canelo is going to be allowed to fight on May 5th. Well, that brings us up to, because we won't talk to you before the big fight probably, but uh, so May 5th, uh, is there any... Because the fight was so close, and I assume Canelo would not be stupid enough if he was before using to to test at going into the fight. Um, how much of this is a distraction, and is this an advantage to Golovkin? Because I mean, Canelo's going to have this constantly asked every corner. Um, right. It's it's just going to be around him po- possibly, or do you think that it, it doesn't matter? And when it, they get in the ring, it, it doesn't matter. I think it does matter. I think you nailed it. Now, let's remember, remember, a Canelo isn't like you or me. And so when we say something, well, that could affect us, um, he's not like us. He's built of probably sturdier caliber mentally than we are. So stuff that would bother us, would mess with us, it might not bother him. But maybe it will. And I'm tending to think, if I was thinking that this was a 50-50 fight, which I pretty much think it was, if I was thinking, you know what, the likelihood of Canelo getting better since last year and the 35-year-old getting a little bit worse, the likelihood of that is decent, now I'm, 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 I'm sending it back the other way. I'm thinking uh, whatever regimen Canelo was on, it is possible that his regimen has been screwed with, right? Yep. You get my drift. It is possible that he's not going to be quite as effective because the supplementation or what have you wasn't there. I think that has to be factored in as a maybe. I think what you said about him being asked about it and possibly being annoyed about it and having it drawn his uh, mental energy reservoir has to be uh, a possibility as well. That could affect him. Uh, but I don't, I, I'm not going to go on the record and say is I really think both those factors will mess with Canelo. Um, but those are two sort of red flag things thrown at, Canelo. And, uh, you know, Abel Sanchez has said, well, geez, I really like this new edge on Gennady Golovkin. He's talking a lot of smack. He's, he's really angry. I think that's going to benefit my guy. I kind of tend to agree with that. I kind of tend to think that it could lift Golovkin up, that he might want to punish this son of a gun who I think he really believes is a cheater. And I, I really think that could only serve to help it because going into this fight, I'm thinking, you know what? I need uh, Golovkin to take more chances to be the guy who was the masher, the smasher, the badass of 2015. I need more of that. But that's going to mean taking uh, more uh, risks, and it's the possibility that he could get hurt and counterpunched uh, and 
Canelo could have, uh, you know, a better chance at winning this rematch. So, all in all, I guess uh, what I'm realizing as I'm telling you this is I'm, I, I hope this fight goes forward. <laughs> um, I'll be rooting. I'll be rooting for them to have plausible deniability on April 10th. And uh, this kind of only heightens my interest in the fight. Let me put it this way. I've been thinking and talking about this fight so much more because of this whole flap than I would have been otherwise. <laughs> now, uh, let's go the other side. Uh, Gennady Golovkin. Uh, I'm actually surprised he's been so uh, so vocal about it because yeah. here's the thing. You're not going to make as much money if your opponent's substituted. And, and even if you no. are that angry, you're trying to right. sell this fight. Uh, and this is the biggest payday out there for Golovkin. Golovkin is not as big of a star as Canelo. Right. That's just the truth. Um, are you surprised sure. at his tactic of every day releasing a video calling Canelo a cheater? And we, we you know, we, we had suspicions about it. Blah blah blah. And uh, you know, yeah. you can't convince yeah. me he's a cheater. Uh, I'm not. I'm not convinced. I am mildly surprised. So I've been covering Golovkin. You know what? He came over and talked to fight. I don't know. Was it 2012? And been following him all along. Remember talking to Abel Sanchez, his first fight in New York, and being like, "Tell me about this kid." And and Abel's, you know, talking to, over the moon for this kid, and he's going to be one of the great all-time middleweights and all this. So I've been there from the get-go. I've watched him the whole way through. And one of the perennials, as I watch and listen to him, is, and I would say to him, and I would say to Abel, Abel, Gennady, do you ever get pissed off? Abel, does this guy ever get pissed off? Does he ever freaking lose it? Does he ever get mad? Like, where's his, where's his angry button? Uh, he's always so freaking chill. Uh, bro, we found it. We found <laughs> the angry button. We found a new level of passion and, and shit-talking, and, 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 and I like it. I like it because it shows passion, and it shows that he's not a robot, and he's not just this pure nice guy. I like this version of this guy. He's a little bit more interesting to me. Uh, I'm going to have you throw a hypothetical out there. If... If uh, if Cinco de Mayo does not come, do these guys ever ever fight? I, I have a theory that they wouldn't. If if a suspension does come uh, down, I think it, the time has passed. Uh, Golovkin mm, would be thirty five. Right. Um, you, you know what? It probably ended in a draw, and we never see it. Uh, my friend, you if if either or both of them felt that way, think of all the people surrounding them who want to do one thing more than anything else. What is that one thing, my friend? Make money. <laughs> make money. Yeah. Does anything else make more money than that? Nope. Not anything that I'm seeing right now. They're going to be fighting. I don't know <laughs> if it's May 5th. They're going to be fighting again now. All right, let's go across the pond really quick. Uh, I'll keep you around for five minutes because you know so much. Uh, Anthony Joshua versus Parker. Uh, I like Parker's chances in this. I'm not going to say I would pick Parker until the weigh-ins and and see how healthy they are. But um, really good opponent for Joshua. Probably a better opponent than Klitschko was. What are we going to learn this uh, Saturday? Um, We're going to learn that I'm hoping that you don't bet money on Mr. Parker. (laughs) <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I think we're going to learn. His, uh, he hit his ceiling about uh, three fights ago, maybe three years ago. He's just looked not that thrilling at all to me. Uh, he is an indication of the lack of depth in the division. We have Anthony Joshua, we have Deontay Wilder, and then we have everyone else. And Vladimir Klitschko uh, on that fight that they had last year was for Vladimir Klitschko uh, uh, on an A-grade here he yep. was so dialed in uh, mentally physically spiritually emotionally that's he had uh, fought in six Parker years just can't get to that he can't get to there if he does this will be a stunning upset to me 
I give Joseph Parker a mm, respectful, and I don't want to be a dick, so I give him a respectful 10% chance of winning. I give him a very slim chance of winning. He showed me his ceiling. He showed me that he was not exceptional against Andrew Ruiz, not exceptional against Huey, Huey Fury. And my friend, neither of those guys are going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, it, it is possible that Anthony Joshua he is going to the Hall of Fame. I, I need to see more. He's still young, uh, what, 20 and up? I need yep. to see more, and I need to see him win big fights. But uh, I expect AJ to win handily. Do not bet on Joseph Parker. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and you can try to uh, target my debit account. Uh, I'll send you some bucks uh, because of the feeling start, but I don't think I'll have to do that. <laughs> uh, if if uh, you know Joshua cruises through uh, Parker, what are the odds of us seeing Wilder go across the pond and, and fight in the big stadium, or do you think this is a little bit away still? Um, as, uh, I as think both it's a little ways, man. They're jockeying. Uh, you're seeing stuff playing out for the right to AJ. I think his contract with Eddie Hearn is going to be up, if not after this fight, then uh, possibly. I think it's up after this one. No one's really saying when it was. If it's out there, I, I forgive me. But I think there's going to be a sort of a real bidding war. And uh, HBO has been saving their, keeping their powder dry to make a run at Anthony Joshua. They're trying to set it up. So Jerome Miller is fighting over uh, you know, on HBO, April 28th, they're trying to set it up. So, hey, uh, uh, AJ, come on over here, and you can fight uh, Big Jarrell Miller and setting it up so they can win a bidding war uh, because the, the money for a Wilder uh, versus AJ fight is going to be really immense. Uh, Shelly Finkel, who is the kind of old OG who uh, represents Wilder, says, hey, don't, uh, don't, don't you believe that uh, Vegas maybe can't get that fight? Vegas can get this fight. No one can uh, summon more money than Las Vegas. So I haven't heard anyone saying it's definitely, definitely, definitely going to be uh, in UK. Uh, but geez, if you can get it in UK with 90,000 people in a stadium, uh, you got your home field advantage for the guy who is uh, 10 times more popular than, than Wilder is. If I'm that guy, um, I would need to be paid so much in excess of what I could get uh, having the home field advantage that I just don't think Vegas, Vegas can summon that much money. So my point being there is, yeah, I think we, we see it in, in the U.K. I think it should be there. I think Joshua deserves it to be there. Uh, all right, so I saved my last, uh, the hardest questions for the last here. Okay. Uh, women's boxing, yeah. Clarissa Shields. I'll be honest, I, I've been underwhelmed. And, uh, you uh, know, yeah, whether yeah, it be yeah. the 41-year-old uh, uh, bus driver who probably was trying to find time to train next to somebody that's right. an Olympian who's trained. Uh, Adler, yeah. that was her only stoppage, which that's a questionable stoppage because uh, even right. though Adler, so she's not getting stoppages, she's not getting knockouts. Right. What what are the chances that Hammer comes overseas and A can beat Shields or or did is Shields more hype than you know more sizzle than steak? Um, the chance that uh, Hammer comes over here and beat Shields is not good. Uh, yeah, your 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 gal isn't getting the stoppages as you would like. I'm, I'm I don't disagree or take issue with you at all. What you're saying there, you got to beat up the 41 year old. Uh, part-time waitress and you got to take her out and you got to do it quick that didn't happen that's mildly concerning uh but she beats christina hammer and all that listen all those people the shields people mark taffet dimitri salida all those guys are working their tail off uh they're working to get her on showbox they're getting her great opportunities uh the jury is still going to be out 
Uh, the people like you are going to have to warm to her. You and a lot more like you. Everyone's going to have to warm to it. They're going to have to be some good fights made. Uh, she's going to have to thrill us. They're going to have to be competitive fights. And that's hard because in 160 to 168, you and I both know there's not a whole uh, bounty of names of people that could possibly even test her. So it's, it's going to be a hard pull, man. It's going to be a hard lift. I'm, I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm not going to say it otherwise right now. And uh, she's got some work to do to uh, convince people because a lot of people are like, mm, you know what, I'm just not interested. I'm not interested in seeing women fight. I'm interested in seeing maybe a Ronda Rousey-looking lady uh, fighting in UFC. But, uh, you know, uh, in boxing, there isn't the same sort of openness to it, maybe because there's an older fan base or what have you. I don't know. But it is a hard lift, uh, but I wouldn't put it... Uh, I, I wouldn't bet against all the people because they're all working really hard and building it up. And that's the thing with promotion. Uh, if you have the willingness, if you have the money behind it, and you have the smart people working hard, uh, oftentimes the level, the caliber of these people, it's going to work. So get back to me in, mm, I would say, a year, and you and I will be able to give sort of a full grade. As of right now, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of an incomplete. Yeah, and, and you know, and I think she's a sensational athlete, uh, not taking anything away from her, but just me and you know how tough it is for, uh, let's say, a Rigo or somebody. As a boxer, if you're not putting people away, what your draw is, right. and then it is women's boxing. So if, you know, yes. when Christy Martin uh, had that, that fight where all of a sudden she started laying people out, you know, and, and had knockout power, yeah. things change, you know, and if that yeah. that develops, I'm going to be first to say I was wrong. But I just don't right. know how many more fights we can have. Like in, in New York, we had against a 41-year-old right. where you're supposed to end that, well, that in three right. or less. Because um, it, it's one thing if you're destroying people, right, and you're giving people that pound of flesh. Uh, but dominating over 10 rounds uh, in this age where there are so many other opportunities for entertainment, uh, people's eyes will glaze over and they will get bored and it's just not going to catch on. You're right, my friend. Uh, really, knockouts do matter. Uh, they matter big time, maybe now more than ever. All right. This is Michael Woods. He's the best in the business. Uh, go to TalkBoxPodcast.com, or you can uh, just Google it at TalkBox with Michael Woods, powered by Everlast. I swear to you, and this, and I've never said this before, and are my producers here in studio with me, you have the best podcast, boxing podcast in the world, the best guest in the world. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you giving uh, us some time, the little guys occasionally some time. I appreciate it, my uh, friend. No, you, you know what? You're, you're, you're not little guys because you know your stuff. You're passionate. Uh, you say such great, kind stuff to me. It, it really warmed my heart. No BS. Uh, and basically, I say anytime. I'm actually at a P, uh, PTA meeting at my kid's school. I'm outside in a short sleeve shirt. So, yeah, uh, I'm, 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 I'm freezing my tail off, but I've had such a good time. So, really, anytime, my friend. All right. You take care. That is Michael All Woods, right, everybody. Uh, TalkBoxPodcast.com. We're going to go to break. And on the flip side, we'll uh, continue on with some more subjects. But I will gladly join. Welcome back to the undercard, everybody. Uh, if you didn't catch the first half of the show when it does come out in podcast form, go back and listen. Uh, Michael Woods from TalkBox with Michael Woods, powered by uh, none other than Everlast. Um, I mean, we, we broke down Canelo and uh, Golovkin. We talked Joshua Parker. And not only did we break down Canelo, Golovkin, and this isn't even to, like, 
brag about us. That's probably the best coverage I've heard of it, giving you many options of how it would play out in a tree form. He gave us a good 15 minutes, I think, on that alone. And then we talked Joshua Parker, which is happening overseas. And then um, to wrap it up, we talked a little bit of Clarissa Shields. We are joined by uh, host Cody Stamen. You've yet to hear the intro yet. I haven't heard it yet. Play it for him right now live. Let him hear it. Rochelle. Oh, Play it for him live. Go DJ. Sorry. Go I, DJ. It's your birthday. Playing it again. Children of all ages. It's the undercard. The undercard brings you the best in combat sports. Featuring major interviews, current events, and on-screen girls from the nation. The Undercard is sponsored by Fall Down Beer, Beer Company, Podcast uh, Studios, and it's produced by Rochelle Wynn. And now, here are your hosts, Brad, Brad Cody, Cody, and, and Jimmy. Jimmy. <laughs> and then we have, like, literally 11 minutes of this. Just this? Just this. <laughs> Just he, 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 he gave us uh, a little bit of... Uh, um, <laughs> you know, kind of, I don't know if it was like, uh, God, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like a little bit of background noise or something. Uh, so, uh, let's switch over to MMA stuff. First off, um, did you see what Invicta did, Cody, with the ring girls? No. Oh, the ring boy? Yeah. They, they introduced the uh, ring boy. Yeah. Uh, oh, they had name? their first, uh, male ring boy. All right, now uh, I got it. What uh, is his name? His nickname is uh, Spartan too. Elias. Uh, yeah, he's I a, can't pronounce he's, it. He's Greek. He lives in Canada. I've seen him a few times. He's a pretty nice guy. Uh huh. He's like that dumb model type. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. He really is. Uh, Super nice dude, though. Is it going to catch on? I mean, I, I, Invicta is an all women's league, so maybe they were trying to try to do oh, something no, there. No, no. I feel. I still feel like the majority of their fans are guys, so I feel like maybe. One ring boy one time was cool, but you're still gonna want to see female ring girls. Let's let's face it, a lot of the 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 fans of of uh of female MMA are probably like dudes who are like drooling over these girls because a lot of them are actually pretty good looking. Right. So they I don't think they want to see ring boys. I think they probably <laughs> I don't even want to see, see this one. Or Shell gives a they want to see they said no. A thumbs yeah. a thumbs down. Yeah. The, the, you He's got, got great hair, I'll say that. No, have... there's too much of it. Too much hair? He's like He's... Tarzan or something. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 He's a nice no, dude. No. Good looking dude. If you were offered to do it for Invicta. Uh... Show me the money, I'll do it. <laughs> See, I do it, it, would, it would make more sense for you, I think. You know. Yeah, I would do it. I mean, I guess it would be just good exposure, period. So I might actually do it for free, so who knows. I mean, people are talking about him, and they weren't talking about him before. Um, you know, and it, it's actually good publicity for Invicta because every once in a while, the way they space out their events, you forget Invicta's around, especially the way the the women's division's growing in the UFC. Yep. So you kind of forget that Invicta was there b- before the UFC and kind of launched the it was the feeder program for the girls. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good to bring back attention to it. Do you watch Invicta? Is that something that you you watch, or is a, a whole ha- card of females tough? I have watched. Invicta. I have watched like a whole Invicta card. Um, I like watching fighting. Period. You know, mm-hmm. and there's some there's some really really good girls out there. I mean, I still feel like uh, 
they might be just because male MMA has been around a lot longer. I feel like they're, they're not quite as developed as the guys are. But, man, there's some girls that – girls fight, period. Like, girls – I feel like girls fight harder than guys do. In a lot more heart. They'll go yeah, the like distance further. Like, you'll see, you'll see girls just absolutely just bang it out and consistently – all the time, and, and you don't see guys do that very often. But when they do, it's like a fight of the night type thing, you know. But girls, girls do it all the time. They are, they are, they are really tough, and they, you know, it's it's a different, it's a different kind of like pace in a fight. So you know, I enjoy watching, I enjoy watching the Invicta fights. Yeah, and you know, years before other people um, got on board with UFC Fight Pass, they were one of the first things, smartest thing they ever did is align themselves with UFC. Uh, in Fight Pass, and it gave them a, a reason. I mean, first off, they're having uh, the fights in the least sexiest city in the world, Kansas City, Missouri, most of the time. I know they've tried other places, Kansas but City. yeah, Kansas City's rough. <laughs> I mean, they, you gotta you gotta really find trouble in Kansas City. Like you gotta be looking for I've, it. I've never been, but just the. Just hearing Kansas City just doesn't sound like a cool place to go. No, and you got to look for trouble. I mean, you know, there's just not a lot to do there. But you bump into some guy and like punch him. He's like, "My bad, I'm sorry." <laughs> yeah, that and like, there's not a lot of opportunities to go out there and and have, uh, um, you know, this. Uh, I, I did want to talk to you when you came in here. Um, so we're going to do something special for Bruce Lee. Uh, we're going to have a ring girls dress up in the the traditional uh, yellow yeah, with the black blessed. stripe. Uh, we're going to do it for, I don't want to name the event, but it's coming up, uh, uh, MMA event. And I have a question for you because Bruce Lee, great martial artist, wasn't so important to martial arts because he, he gave it sex appeal, you know, like you watch his movies still this day and it's pretty cool. I don't even know if that fight video out there, if that's fake or not, because you can't tell it's all the sparring gear, but the, the big, the big you know, even UFC f- throws Bruce Lee into their fight game. How do you think Bruce Lee would have done training in other disciplines of martial arts, jiu-jitsu and stuff? And you, do you think that because he was so skilled and could do push-ups and stuff, do you think he could have been great in MMA? Or do you think he was one? It's, it's hard to say because, I mean, there's so many variables there. But based on, like, he was obviously a good athlete. Tremendous. He was he was shredded. Um. But, I mean, even Bruce Lee admitted, like, that when he fought Judo Jean LaBelle, that they ended up in a grappling exchange, and he got absolutely got his ass kicked because he, he didn't he had no grappling ability. So, I mean, in MMA, I could see Bruce Lee being that guy that was just, like, an absolute killer on his feet. Like, he didn't want to mess with him. He had that, like, crazy like little guy with, like, crazy knockout power. But if you put him on the cage or put him on his butt, he was screwed. You know, but that I mean, again, you know, the sport and and martial arts has evolved so much since his time. You know, he was a he was a great a philosopher and a, a great martial artist. You know, the best of his time, probably the most famous of his time. So, you know, to, in today's day and age, you know, he easily could have been he he could have been uh, you know a Conor McGregor type type. Uh, personality type of martial artist so but you don't know you don't know like who knows maybe he's scared to get hit maybe in reality bruce lee was really really good on tv but maybe he was scared to get hit there's so many like unanswered questions there like you don't know and like and a lot of times you see guys that are really talented and um you put them in a fight and you drag them into deep waters and they break you know who knows what kind of 
you know, what kind of will he had, you know, outside of, um, you know, being in movies. Now, uh, that being said, when we grew up, and you're a little younger than me, Cody, but a martial artist, uh, there was Steven Seagal, there was uh, obviously Van Damme, uh, there was a Speakman guy that was around. Chuck Mark, Norris. Chuck Norris. Uh, MMA is popular and has brought so many more people into mixed martial arts. But the anatomy of a martial arts movie has kind of disappeared. I remember going and seeing Van Damme films and stuff like that. Do you think Conor McGregor could be, if, if he never comes back, like a like a movie star, a martial arts star in those type movies? Like Liam Neil, uh, Neeson or Neil, Nielsen? Was it Liam Nielsen? Who did the Taken movies? Nielsen. Like he, do, he does – he's performing Liam, like – Neeson. Yeah, he's Neeson. Yeah, yeah, he's doing fight moves, but it's not necessarily martial artists. Like traditionally growing up, what a martial artist film was to us. Yeah. Um, I think special well, effects killed a lot of that too. Yeah. You know, you look at like, the special effects in movies now, like you went from like martial arts movies are sweet because the fight scenes were awesome. They're like choreographed perfect to like Matrix scenes where guys are like dodging bullets in slow motion and it looks real. You know what I mean? Like. I think a special effects kind of killed that a lot because I've actually thought I thought about that one time. Like, why aren't there any cool martial arts movies anymore? And it's because we see like so much, some things that are like so much more spectacular on all these crazy, you know, like the Avatar movie, things like that that are absolutely insane. Um, you know, compared to those movies, but the, like the storyline and like the plot of those movies was so much cooler. Like, like when I was a kid, I remember like watching stuff like that and seeing it and like wanting to like get up and like fight and stuff and i wanted to do karate because i watched like uh i don't know like a chuck norris or uh i think like a jackie chan or something like that right like i I was like i want to do karate dad and i did and i thought i was dumb yeah that's it's one of those things that when you think about it there hasn't been a martial art i mean maybe those are b movies that go straight to video or something but when we were uh it man was okay which oh yeah Dead Man was pretty good. And what was the, what's the guy? Not Jackie Chan. Other little Asian dude. I can't think of his name. He's I don't know good. on that one. I know who you're talking about. Uh, he's good. Yeah. He's n- not much for like, he's like a lot of like a, a lot of one-liners in movies. Let me see. He's got a, like cool, mar- a lot of cool martial arts scenes. The best thing about a Jackie Chan movie was the end of it where they would show him doing all his stunts and how many Messing times he up. would miss it. Yeah. Like like literally falling into a moving truck and missing the truck and then like getting up going, uh, and then like Bust doing the up. take again. Did you did you ever watch Jackie Chan movies? He did it. I have all that stuff so at like full speed with Chris too. Rock? Uh, no, 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 no. Like his his movies before that stuff, at the end of his movies, Jackie Chan did all his stunts. And they would show you how many takes sometimes a Jet stunt Lee. would take. Jet Li. Yep, yeah. Right. yeah, Jet Li is a badass. Um, they would show Jackie Chan, like say like there's a truck going under a bridge and he's jumping for it, like missing. They would show the stunts that went went wrong and how, how he'd hit the pavement and stuff. It was crazy to just – the best part of a Jackie Chan movie was the end. You stuck around for the credits to watch the, the stunts that he did. Yeah, he legit messed himself up. <laughs> Yeah, see, I tried. I actually was out with Elijah the other night. We were looking at movies, and I wanted to get Enter the Dragon, and he looked at it and he was just like, "No, Enter the Dragon's awesome." Yeah, I, I think know. today's kids would see that and be like, "This is dumb." Yeah, they'd be like, "What?" There's is- nothing going on. <laughs> they're definitely not going to like the audio. 
All they're doing is talking. This is weird. Exactly. But it was they're, so good. They're definitely not going to like the audio. They're going to be like, why is his lips moving but like his voice off? Uh, that's the okay, way see, it was. So I'm, I'm looking at martial artist actors right now and a lot of them. Okay, so Scott Atkins, he. Never even heard of him. Yeah, you have. He's uh, he's the he's uh, Darth Maul. Okay. Now, but the 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 counterpoint would be that athletes like Cody are more complete now. So, although Cody can do you know uh, a spinning you know back fist, and although he can kick and stuff, because he's so well rounded, a lot of that was for show. Like Jeet Kune Do, I mean the kicks and everything, a lot of that was made for movies you know what i'm saying it just flows mm-hmm. more where if cody gets in a fight out in the hallway it's going to into the ground comparing and... him to cody no but i'm just saying that about, like, modern cody. martial artists general, yeah. yeah i'm just saying modern mar- martial artists you are a little see, bit you different. don't see guys doing like f- flashy move after flashy move after flashy move Mm-mm. after flashy move because it's not effective just... in a real fight Who's the fighter I'm thinking of? Is it uh, Thompson or uh, the one that comes from Roy Karate? Thompson. Yeah, yeah, he comes from the karate background. So, so when you're watching, yeah, so when you're watching him, it has a certain flow to yeah, it, like a martial cool. artist film, right? But ninety percent of his strikes are punches. Yeah, so so it goes back to like the old and actually, Bruce Lee said this that uh, Western boxing was the most effective form of striking that he'd ever seen. Do you think it's be- crazy for him to say that? Do you think it's because like a kick puts you in a vulnerable position to be on the ground and that's probably the last place he wants to be? I just think he realized that if you really get into a fight, the chances of you having ample room that you would need to perform a lot of those like crazy flying kicks and stuff aren't good. If you get in a fight with someone, it's because you're in like the same vicinity that you're within Once you find distance. the range, yeah. You're already like you're already in punching range. You know what I mean? When that fight starts, like how often you see a guy like yell across the room and be like, hey, do you want to fight? And I'm like, no, they're like chest to chest when that fight starts. So it's literally like a couple punches and then it's a grappling match. You see a lot more knees than you do kicks because in the, you know, the the mu- Muay Thai lock- lockup or something like that, a little bit yeah, more of that. Like a clinch, right? And then yeah. it ends up, and then 90% of the time, just like an MMA fight, always ends up on the ground. You watch two guys that, Watch an amateur MMA fight where both guys don't have a clue what they're doing. Probably never wrestled or done jiu-jitsu in their life. Rear naked choke, 30 seconds. Exactly. And you're <laughs> like, how? How did that happen? You're like, how the hell did that happen? These guys, you know for a fact, neither one of them did shit to train for that. It just, yeah. in an actual fight, you end up on the ground. That's just where you end up. That's why, you know, like MMA was founded based on like jiu-jitsu, like the Gracie jiu-jitsu. Like they were, you know, testing... Uh, you know, they're offering $100,000 for anyone that could beat them. So that people were lined up at the door to beat them. And, well, they weren't handing out hundred grand ever, mm-hmm. you know. It's just uh, the anatomy of a real fight is that it ends up in that close quarter situation. It's not going to be, you know, you're not going to be nine feet away from the guy to throw, like, some crazy spin kick. Now, uh, what's going on with your uh, downtime here in between fights? Have you been enjoying it? Uh, you get some rest and relaxation in, and when when's go time again here? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I like I like being in the gym and training. I mean, it really is like you were in that next week, just helping people, right? It is my life. I was there. I was in the gym like three days after I got home. I was just like at home, like I'm going to go to the gym. I'm just going to go there and teach class or do something, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I uh I've contemplated um you know, taking a few months off just because I've been so active lately to kind of let things um 
I guess, settle and see what opportunities come up just because, you know, a lot of guys that could potentially be opponents for me fought on the same card on the same two guys, John Dotson and uh, that Sugar Sean kid. Uh, they're both guys that I think that would be great fights for me um, just because that Sugar Sean kid's got a big, you know, he's got all this hype around him. Everyone thinks he's the next Conor McGregor, so I want to, you know, take that from him. Or, you know, John Dotson because he's a well-known guy. Yeah. I feel like he's kind of on his way out. Um, and they both fought the same night as me, so I'm sure they're not in that big of a hurry to get back in there. Uh, so I'd imagine probably July, August is when I'd be fighting again. And then, you know, that basically, you know, at the level I'm at now, two or three fights a year is is pretty normal standard, you know. And that's that's pretty much what I'm planning on unless, you know, something, unless I get a phone call tomorrow and they're like, hey, you know, can you fight? Like oh well, yeah I guess guess I can. Well, you're but, in a u- unique p- uh, position now where you're top ten, and it's not unfathomable to have somebody get injured during a title fight and someone jump in and fill in. Yeah. Where you got to stay ready because mm-hmm. you're top ten and the, the the call could be for a title because they might go down the list and go this guy's a little banged up, this guy just fought. Um, you never know. We've seen it a lot in UFC where somebody gets injured in a title fight, uh, pre-title fight, and UFC is looking for somebody. Um, Sometimes it gets down to the seven. Sometimes, you know, you never know. And I also have like a, I have a, like a torn meniscus in my right knee. And it's been, it's not something that's like debilitating, but it's an annoying injury. Mm-hmm. That's that uh, you know sometimes flares up, and I'll have you know it'll just it's just like a like a dull ache, you know, not nothing that like absolutely uh, keeps me out of out of the gym, but it's something that I've thought about and I've kind of contemplated like getting fixed for a long time, and now yeah, I'm kind of in a point where it would make sense to get that done right now. Mm-hmm. Um, moving forward, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea, you know, considering that. Uh, you know, competition is getting harder. I don't want to have any kind of ailment or anything that's setting me back. So that's that's something I've also been bouncing around with. But I don't know. I I like being in the gym too much to take any kind of time off. But when the adrenaline's going and uh, you're in the octagon, let's say uh, your injury does that even weigh no. through your mind? No, it's just that it's the training, or no, not even not even the gym. It's just it's just it's like uh. I don't know. It's like if you have arthritis in a joint. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of that situation. It's nothing that's not debilitating. It's not, you know, it's not like I have a, I have like a, a debilitating injury where I can't like train or do something. It's just a, a, a nagging thing that you want to get taken care of. You know what I mean? It's like having a wart on your face. You know, you want to get it cut off eventually. <laughs> you, <know. laughs> you got Rochelle laughing over there. I heard her laughing first and then. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it's definitely not, it's gonna... not a necessity, but it's something that you probably <laughs> <want to> do. <laughs> well, I, I saw you were working out with. Uh, speaking of like uh, strong women and Invicta, you were working out with Kara Rowe, dude. I love Kara Rowe. Mm-hmm. First off, just class act, everything she does and stuff. When when you're not training for a fight, though, what are you working on combinations, or what what should a good fighter be working on when they're doing pad work? I think I mainly just work on things I felt like I did wrong in my last fight, things mm-hmm. I should have been doing, things I can improve on. I feel like uh when you get in that 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 complacent spot where you feel like you know everything, that's when you stop getting better at this sport. And man, if you stop getting better at this sport, you're you're done. Like everyone catches you at once. You know what I mean? Because there's always somebody working, you know? There's mm-hmm. always somebody working 
just as hard as you. So if you're not constantly getting better in, in some aspect of the game, a lot of it now it's mental. A lot of it's just mental retraining your mind to to react different in situations. You know what I mean? I can punch and kick hard. It's just the timing and, you know, times times in this last fight where I felt like I kind of hit the brakes when I should have been hitting the gas pedal or the other way around. You know what I mean? Times when I should have been hitting the brakes and I was hitting the gas pedal. Things like that, you know, mental things that you need to train to get better and things I noticed. Like I would hit him with a hard shot and then kind of watch. I'd stand there and just I hit him and be like, Nothing. There wouldn't be a return shot, and, and there was opportunities where I probably could have, you know, hurt him or knocked him out or, or finished him, and I didn't jump on those opportunities. So it's like just training on like recognizing those those times and, uh, you know, not taking those breaks and fights. So just little stuff, just little mouth stuff. Now, Kara Rowe was a badass in, in boxing, mm-hmm. never lost, and just you rolled through the competition that was presented, mm-hmm. and that's all you can do as a fighter. Whoever they put in front of you, roll Steve. through it. Imagine if MMA was around you. How, how good of a uh, mixed martial artist, knowing how competitive she is, knowing how hard she is, and every uh, hard on her. really good. Yeah. You think, uh, that's what I think. With her background, too, like, she could have cracked people. She, she could, like, legit, like, even, I think if, like, she boxed some of the dudes in our gym, she would, like, Lay him out. Crack him and hurt him, you know, because her hands are, like, fast and her technique is really good, you know. So, and I see, like, a lot of the girls, like, they don't have the stand-up. Like, they might be really good at grappling and stuff. But Kara's, like, a long athletic person, you know. She yep. would have done really, really good in MMA. I That's mean, what I like to think. To think, like, even, like, maybe, like, when she, like, was retiring boxing, if she would have made that, like, transition to MMA. Was that, like, five years ago, six years ago? Yep. I don't know how long it goes. But she could also be like a freaking a killer by now. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, There's more rumors about Mayweather uh, coming into MMA. I mean, I can't think of one. He won't. I can't think of one opponent that's a winnable situation for him. But he also had the nerves to say that he's the biggest name in MMA and he's never fought in MMA. And I'll, I'll disagree there. Conor McGregor is uh, the biggest name in MMA. Or Dana, by the way. Conor McGregor's the biggest name in sports right now. He's the... Yeah. He's the end-all, be-all. He's the man, like, period. I mean... But there's nobody they could put him in that Floyd's going to learn where he's going to be safe. Just anybody with a little bit of grappling background would end that fight so quick. Um, it wasn't like Mayweather was knocking out people at the end. And it's not like his boxing style would work that well in MMA. Like the whole like shoulder roll and shit, you shoulder roll a punch, you get kicked kicked in the leg or taken down, you know, like his boxing style was awesome for boxing. And I would literally hate to see Floyd Mayweather get an MMA ring because I mean, me and every other dude on the roster would fuck him up. Like it wouldn't even be a competition. (laughs) I mean, really, I mean, even if, even like a street fight. Like, Dude, he'd be in your weight class. I know, and like we're from the same place. I thought oh, about just Grand Floyd, Rapids. I will fuck oh, you sorry. up. Oh. I'm sorry, <laughs> like, dude. I'm the baddest dude that. to come from Grand Rapids, but <laughs> it's like uh, you know, I know it's not going to happen. What's the point? Yeah. What's the point of hitting Floyd Mayweather up, Nick Floyd? Hey, listen, uh, you know I want to kick your ass. Everybody <laughs> wants to kick Floyd Mayweather's ass. You know what I mean? He can't compete in MMA. It's a whole different thing. Yeah. It's a different. It's a different animal. Like, I wouldn't want to go to boxing, you know, unless I was making the kind of money Conor McGregor did. I wouldn't want to go to boxing and fight even, like, a local show. I wouldn't go to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think I'm probably 
arguably the best pound for pound fighter in Michigan in MMA. I wouldn't want to compete against any of the guys that box, mm-hmm. you know, just because that's different. It's a different sport. It's a whole different ball game. Like, you know, if all you do is box the all hundred percent of the time, you're going to be really, really good at that. But if all you do is MMA, you're going to be okay at boxing, but you're going to be able to beat the shit out of him at everything else. You know what I mean? Like, Kick yeah. a boxer one time. He's going to be like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> you know, it's different. It's a whole different ballgame. You forget I was at your pro boxing debut, buddy. Uh, yeah. well, I didn't I know mean, you were going to I didn't know you were gonna fight that night. I didn't know I was fighting that night until 24 hours before. <laughs> but all of a sudden, I like. I was at the bar, and I got a phone call. They're like, hey, you know, you want to make a 1000 bucks and go fight tomorrow? I'm like, when do I got to weigh in? <laughs> and they're like, oh, tomorrow. I'm like, shit. Yeah. You weren't even on the fight card. and all of a sudden, Yeah. Yeah, I'll do it. Like Cody Stamen, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and then you, you and Darren, I, I think Darren was your only corner guy. He might have, maybe Fish was there. Johnny too. Glover was there, I think. Uh, uh, so yeah, uh, you just come strolling out, and you did well, man. I had about three minutes of hell on me. That was that. <laughs> we were but at the bar the night. I was, I was, uh, I was trying to headbutt him and stuff. <laughs> I was like, well, shit, I'm at least gonna get DQ'd because I know I'm losing, <laughs> and I'm not a very good loser, so. Uh, yeah, but I was there. I, I always forget that. I was downstairs in the bottom basement it. of the Masonic. I forget it too, honestly. I, <laughs> afterwards, I was like, man, it wasn't worth it. Why did I do that? And they're like, oh, it was a you know, good experience. You know, I mean, you're never going to be a boxer. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, well, it's, that's true. Now you look good in there, man. That's the most important thing. You knew what you were doing. Some people get in there and you can tell um, – by the sneakers they're wearing, by the pockets in their shorts that yeah. uh, that they're not, they're not quite uh, boxing material. They they come in with Air Jordans and in uh, gym shorts with uh, uh, literally pockets in it, and um, you know that it's going to you know be a that, quick fight. Yeah, you know that guy's there to collect his paycheck and go yep. home. Yep, just take a ask him for some money. Yep, he's hoping for a body shot or anything resembling a body shot and go to the knee and not get back up. Yep. Uh, so what are you looking forward to in uh, MMA uh, coming up? Is there any fights that you're, you're UFC specifically? UFC 223 is going to be huge. Well, I mean, you get, it doesn't get bigger than that, the two main, co-main events. Yeah, Khabib and Tony Ferguson. I honestly think that fight, I think both fights are. And Rose against uh, jo- Joanna. I think Rose is going to win again. And I also think that. Khabib is going to make Tony look like an absolute idiot. I think it's going to be like a first round mm-hmm. submission or like TKO. Do you think uh, Rose winning again is uh, kind of like uh, when when uh, Ronda kind of lost the mental edge? Do you think Joanna losing the way she lost that that could just because she was so built mentally on? that intimidation factor that once that loss comes that it could be downhill do you think god rose is fun to watch dude 100% i could see that i could see i could see uh you know being a big a big mental thing cuz she was always kind of like she always like mind fucked the guys pure people that she was fighting yeah you know she like get in their face and do all that weird stuff and like that intimidates some people and you can see kind of some girls like cowered under it and rose didn't give a crap i think she has those cold eyes, dude, and that and shaved she, head works for. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, shaved head. That's terrifying. <laughs> what is that movie? The, is it like the Fifth Element? Oh yeah, Bruce Willis. Yeah, that girl has a shaved head. Yep, that's literally what she reminded me of when I saw her. I was like, you, <laughs> uh, kind of superhuman. 
and, and there's no reason for Rose to to fear. But that's a good uh, good match. And then yeah. you were talking about the other match too. It wasn't like it wasn't like a. Like Rose just looked better than Yuana. I think Yuana should go back to Poland and train in Poland because I think whatever they were doing at American Top Team was messing her up. Like she looked, like, she didn't look like the same fighter though, her last couple of fights that she was like coming in throwing like straight hard combinations, and then she was doing. She just wasn't that same. Maybe she just got famous and wasn't working as hard. Who knows? Um, but you know, obviously, you know, Rose is doing the right things. I think she's going to beat her again, and then it's going to be. What? Oh shit! Because the UFC invested a lot of money in Yuana on being like, you know, this crazy superstar. She's kind of like the Conor McGregor of the female division right now, really. Now, as you guys grow, Michigan Top Team. Um, yeah, you're mentioning America, American Top Team in, uh, you know, obviously Greg Jackson out in Arizona, uh, Faber stuff in Northern California. Do you guys look where you might rank in in quality of gyms? With everybody out there, because obviously there's, you know, those, you know, Greg Jackson's been doing it for, God, no, who, how long and stuff. But as you guys come up, there has to be a new guard coming up. Where, where, where do you guys think you rank in? Um, I mean, you got a lot of talent. You got a lot of guys so, coming up. I think that Michigan Top Team is a place where guys can get built. Like, you can literally take a guy that doesn't know anything and build him into something to where, the gyms that you're talking about, American Top Team, Greg Jackson's, Team Alpha Male, those are gyms that take guys in. F- exactly. Guys that already know how to fight, and they just tweak things, or maybe they don't tweak anything. They just have the connections to put those people places where they need to go, and they literally take credit for like building these guys up, and that's just not the case. Like... uh Cody Garbrandt and Team Alpha Male. Cody Garbrandt came to Team Alpha Male a killer. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He came there, awesome boxer, state, you know, really, really tough wrestler, and he was like 4-0 in MMA. And then he started training with Alpha Male. And, they and saw, he had a look, too. And they, yeah, and he's a good-looking dude. He, they literally took, you know, him and, like, boosted it, you know. Granted, he had great training partners and really, really tough dudes and, like, Dillashaw and Chad Mendez, and I'm sure he got – he got better and learned some cool stuff there, but I think that he probably could have went anywhere and been successful, you know, maybe not reached the level of success at that pace. But, you know, that was something that, that I really struggled with is like, man, maybe I should go to another one of these gyms, but it was like, no, you know, I really want to do this on my own. I want to, I want to, I don't really want to be one of those guys that just jumps to, you know, one of those mega gyms and uses their connections to, to go somewhere, I'm like, I want to kind of make this on my own. I wanted to take the, like, the Uriah Faber model because, you know, Faber, like, built things around him. You know, I kind of want to have that same, you know, I don't want to, like, take everything away from Michigan. I want to, like, keep everything in Michigan and build it here, you know, because the talent's here. It's just that we don't have all the resources that a lot of those those big gems. And the, the name, really the name, you just got to build the name. It just comes from, you know, guys being successful. And I think that as long as... You know, you, Michigan Top Team keeps putting out a good product, keeps having guys that succeed. Um, then you know, eventually, you know, we will be there. But it's it's a long it's a long ways down the road. You know, five ten years, I would say. Well, you got Mo fighting again on TXC, right? The the oh, no, not not Mo. Uh, yeah, um, which you said is a killer. Um, he's, he's a hardworking kid. 
uh, and he, he's coming up on TX. So you got a lot of youth. You got Jason Fisher, who's uh, un- unfortunately like the a, guy that could be a free agent that could be anywhere right now. Um, very talented. It was holding two belts for a local promotion here, and 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 since he's just beating everyone. Since he's healthy, because he had such a string of not being healthy, um, that's the biggest crime out there that he's not getting a shot. Um, but probably the biggest free na- free agent name out in Michigan because mm-hmm. definitely mean, the best guy in Michigan. Yeah, um, it's, it's not signed with someone. And then you got Darren's experience; he's been everywhere. You know, UFC uh, uh, fighting yeah. over in uh, Japan, and uh, yeah, Darren had I didn't realize Darren had thirteen UFC fights. That's a lot. Right, think about that. He just like most guys like spread that over like a career. You know what I mean? Like Darren did it in, you know, three years, and you know that was. Uh, I'm not sure that was the greatest idea in the world, but right, you know, uh, fighters want to fight though, and we know Darren has the warrior yeah, spirit. I know, I know. And I, you're gonna battle that too. I can relate. I can relate because right. I was like a month. You know, I'm like I'm not even a month out, and I'm like. Man, maybe I should just tell my manager to like tell him whatever comes up. I'm ready to fight again because I'm like kind of itching for it. But there's got to be that downtime. You need to take right. that time to let your body heal. You know, there's you get banged up getting ready for a fight, and, and then in the fight you get banged up too. And you know, sometimes it's good to just take a little mental vacation too. It's just hard when you really care about the sport a lot. It's hard to take that mental vacation, you know, because like you're like in a couple of weeks I'm gonna eat, get fat, and do nothing, and then you're like, all right, well I'm just. I'm going to the gym. Fuck it. You know what I mean? That's literally how I feel about it. It's kind of like, uh, it's, it's cause I want to be there. You know, I, I like working out. I like being in the gym. It's like my, it's like, it's like my comfort zone. I get anxiety when I don't do it. So it's, it's a, it's a weird, it's kind of a weird thing. You would think that you like, it's like going to work and you think that you wouldn't want to do it. You know what I mean? Like if you had the option not to go to work, you wouldn't want to do it. But I don't know. It's, it's different. Like I, I really, I don't know. It's not like I, like I like what I do. <laughs> now, now the cool thing is gradually more promotions are starting to come back. So the the new MMA rules kind of messed everything. Big John's back, it looks like. Maybe he'll throw another show again. Um, it, it's looking like there's a little bit more shows. Uh, your your buddy Matt at KOP, they're killing it over there uh, in the Grand Rapids area. And it, it's looking more and more like maybe – um, it's nice to have Bataglia, Bataglia back in uh, TXC. Um, it's looking more like heading in the right direction. And do you see that um, that happening? I mean, I mean, the the worst thing you'd want is your prospects not to have chances to fight. So you want more promotions, correct? Yeah, yeah more promotions, more fights, the better it is. The problem is um, the promotions want – like too many local guys to fight each other. And once local guys reach a certain, like let's say there's 10 guys at 125, you know, you fight three or four of them, then you're kind of like, you can't really, you can't fight every single dude at the weight class because, you know, some guys are going to succeed and some guys aren't. The guys that don't succeed are either going to go from, you know, being, um, you know, thinking that they're going to be good to being like, you know, just feeder fights or, you know, they're, they're gonna they're gonna lose a few times and then they're gonna look for those though you know those easy fights too so the only problem with having a ton of promotions is like it's kind of hard to 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 find fights because financially for the promoters uh 
a lot of times it doesn't make sense because these guys don't sell tickets. So if I could give one, like give a young fighter advice, build your brand. You know what I mean? Tell everyone you know about how good you are at fighting, about your next fight. Uh, Cause that's important. I mean, your job is to fight and to be prepared, but your job, uh, you know, number one job is to win. Your number two job is to get people at your fight. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to sell tickets. And cause when you sell tickets, you have leverage on a promoter. You know, and that's the, just the truth. You know, but be honest with you, promoters don't give a shit about you as a fighter. They don't care. They don't care about you. Like, it comes that it's not like a promoter's not going to be like, you know what? I think this is a promising kid. I'm going to spend $5,000 on his fight mm-hmm. knowing I'm going to lose money. They don't do that. These are, they're businessmen. I understand it. Once you understand it and you kind of swallow it and like, yeah, this is the way it is. And you figure that out makes life a little easier and to make you work a little harder, you know, selling tickets and stuff because um, that's what it comes down to, even at the highest level, you know. How many tickets do you sell? How much money you're going to make is dependent on how many people want to watch you fight, mm-hmm. period. I mean, that's the sport of MMA. You're an entertainer as much as you are a fighter. Right. Uh, and then you've been doing a lot more interviews. I've been watching your video interviews and stuff. Do you do those from your house? Is that your just yeah, background? So- you Skyping? I just sit on my, yeah, I'm just sitting in my living room, man. Damn, you got good Skype. I remember back in the day using Skype, back in the day where it would look like you were an astronaut and it yeah. would like kind of move and it was like still frames. Like I mean, we're out. going way back. Got the high speed internet now. I literally do it from, I do it off my phone. No way. Yeah, I just set my phone up. Damn, dude. It's the best. It's like a TV studio you got in there, dude. I, I'm watching, I'm like, holy shit. Got a little TV studio. Dude, actually, some of those, uh, some of those interviews I do, those guys have some pretty cool. Oh yeah, pretty cool setups. Yeah, they're cool, uh, cool interviews. Oh yeah, and now you know I'm getting better at it. You know, it's the interviews are are they're hard. You know, you don't get a second chance at them. It's it's uh it's hard because you'll they'll ask you a question and you'll be like um well uh and anyways and I say <laughs> shit like that and I like I think I sound pretty intelligent and then I go back and read it and I'm like oh, god. <laughs> Well, that's yeah, the key. That's you never, not good. Never listen to it again. That's yeah. the key. Ever listen yeah, to it again. It's just good to know, like, what well, I, I would say anyways. Anyways. I, what do I, I, I say, um, um, yeah, I say, um, uh, all the time. Uh, uh, that, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Everybody has that. That mechanism. Yeah, anyways. Oh, the worst part about it, and I've told this story before, uh, I trained myself to speak that way as a kid. Mm-hmm. Steve Eiserman was my uh, idol growing up. And she's heard the story. And Steve Eiserman, as great of a hockey player as he was, he was the worst after a hockey game. And it was a lot of like, well, we played a good game tonight. uh, And I think we're going to try to try to do better next time. uh." And that's, you know, all I can say. And when I was a kid, I idolized the guy so much, had his picture in my locker, dude. You would have, you would have thought like fanboy, like crazy. I learned to speak like him. And I never kicked the habit, and I wish I could go back in a time machine and find 9-year-old or 10-year-old Brad and go, what the shit were you thinking? Because I can't not do it anymore. But he was cool, and you wanted to be like him. Yep. Oh, my God, he Everybody was. Everybody has that. Everybody wanted to be Steve Eisman. You had to be 10 years older, Cody, and you would have wanted to be Steve Eisman. He had the looks, and not only that, he, like, he was fucking everything in this town, dude. Yeah. He was just like... You know, million nicknames and stuff. But I trained myself to talk like them, and now I can't. And, and then, sure enough, I end up in journalism, which mm. is the worst thing that could happen for a guy that's like purposely has uh, done um, that. Yeah. Uh, um. Uh. Uh. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
train that your whole life, uh, trying to get 31 years of that out of your system. You do a good job, though, man. Well, thanks. I I, I know uh, you have some other plans, but I think you could do commentating, really. I and I think like, you would love to do I would to like do to do commentating, because I actually do like breaking fights down. I like talking about fighting. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I like to hear what people have to say about it, too, because... No one's right. I mean, some people have a pretty good idea, but everyone's got like a different spin on it. And if you actually listen to what what a lot of people have, because everyone looks at it, everyone watches a fight and sees something different. You right. know what I mean? Like the, what I see in a fight is different from what you see in a fight, and it, and it's just, it's the same for everyone. And uh, it's cool to hear like different people spin on you know who they're gonna who they think they're gonna win and why. I mean, a lot of times it's not uh, it's not that I disagree with what they're what they're uh what they're saying they just they say it in a different way than what I would or they see different things that I would um do you know who's actually really good at it is Dominic Cruz Dominic Cruz that's who really I was going to say um, he does a really good job uh Cormier uh you know he just Cormier's okay he, he looks just, he's he, trying to be funny a lot right a lot of awkwardness about it um and you you can see his feelings that, okay so that that Dominic Cruz does a great job Besides the when him in favor, we're really going at it. Where um, you you know he doesn't like the guy, but he's still professional and he's talking about him and yep. he talks about his qualities. And he talks about guys in his weight class, right? DC can't do that. You can see it in his face. Like he he's a little bit like you know he like compares guys to himself. Yeah, yeah. You just can see the anger. DC is like a cool guy though. I feel like he's a cool. I feel like he to hang out with him. I feel like he'd be a really cool guy. Well, see, I went total 180 on him. Hated him, and then John Jones, you know, pisses poor again, and then so now it's like I, I feel for Cormier, you know. And now he's talking retirement and talking about, um, you know, his legacy with Jones because he never did beat Jones. But I mean, now no, who knows? And, and we talked about this a million times. Jones what do you, didn't need it. What do you think about John Jones? To hold the whole steroids. So do you know what's going on with this whole steroids scandal? I do know that California pretty much laid the death penalty on him and slapped him with five years. Is that correct? So, I mean, that's pretty much no more. And like a $205,000 fine. Yeah, I'll take the two hundred and five. It's the five years I'm worried about. He's probably got the money for that. And um, then uh, and USADA still hasn't like decided what band they're going to put on. But he's like going through all this arbitration and there's all these like legal things. And it's like, well, if you're going to let a guy kind of – you know, lawyer up and kind of dictate what kind of penalty he's going to get based on, you know, like P-tests don't lie. Mm-hmm. You did or didn't take steroids. You know, Canal is like, oh, the meat was bad. I'm like, well, if you ask a scientist, you know, or anyone that understands this, it's like, you di- like it's different you eating, you eating something like that and injecting it and then like how it would come in, in a test. Someone, uh, actually, someone did a breakdown of, like, why that was impossible, mm-hmm. why he was actually taking steroids, and it couldn't have been just in his meat. And, like, they're saying, like, the, by the time it was digested, there wouldn't even be trace amounts of steroids. Because it's supposed to go out uh, quick would, out of your system, too. He would have to eat, like, a crazy 10 pounds of meat a day, and then literally have to be injected with steroids, like, within this period of time. And it was, like, there were all these factors that would have had to have happened that just, like, Adding up would have been absolutely impossible for him to like fail that drug test because of tainted meat. It just wasn't. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a feasible thing. They're just like no one else really looked into the science behind what he was saying, except this one guy who like broke it down and said this is complete bullshit. 
it's like the same thing with John Jones. Like John Jones, you know, swears up and down. Oh my God, I did not take these steroids. Right. I didn't take these steroids. I didn't take these steroids that are meant to beat a drug test or meant to beat a, beat a P test. Uh, and then he ended up getting, you know, blood tested. I don't know. It's all bullshit. I mean, he's just, he's, he's got to say whatever he's got to say to, you know, try to at least salvage what may be left of a career. Now, let me ask you as, because you're, you're the only, uh, you know, pro fighter here right now. Uh, is it better that Canelo probably is going to stop taking it and is going to get tested the rest of his camp? Because really that was on the outside of the camps. We'll come into this fight clean if he's not suspended by Nevada. As to what John Jones did where he got tested right after the fight and then boom, pops again. I mean, if Canelo can prove well, all the way up until then that he's changed his regiment um, – and so it will be out of his system in these six weeks towards May 5th. Uh, do you think that matters? And in, in, do you give him a, a validity card out of that? Because during camp, he's kind of off it now. I think that it's 100% up to Triple G, whatever Triple G thinks. Yeah, because he's the one if, risking his life in there. If Triple G says, fuck it, I don't care if you took steroids, I don't think the athletic commission could be able, should be able to say shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Triple G is like, Test him. If he tests positive again, we're not going to fight. But he took steroids, you know, whatever, eight weeks out. I don't care. Let's fight. Mm-hmm. Stop taking it right now and we'll fight. Right. You know, that kind of situation. I don't know. I think, I think the fighters should have a little bit more say in what happens. You know what I mean? You're the one that's going to go in there and fight the guy that's on steroids or not on steroids. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the, the Brock Lesnar, Mark Hunt situation. <laughs> Brock Lesnar knocks out Mark Hunt, like, in this vicious way and then tests positive for, like, Eight times what his normal testosterone level should be. Yep. They're like, it's so obvious this guy's taking massive amounts of steroids. Like, he didn't even try to beat this test. Because no human looks like that. Yeah. He didn't even try to beat this test. And then, you know, he gets a smack on the wrist from Mark Huntswell. Like, dude, this dude is, uh, you know, tested. He's basically, like, not even a human. He's got so much steroids in his body. Um, He freaking knocked me out, probably gave me permanent brain damage. Like, what do I get out of this? Right. You know what I mean? Because I not only did I lose, I get a loss. You know, he gets a smack on the wrist, and like, and I got brain damage. Like, I want to be compensated for this. And I think like you test positive or something like that. Like after a fight, like you just forfeit your whole purse, give right. it to the other guy. Then we'll see how many people are taking steroids. And you're around athletes enough that you can tell when someone's juicing. Probably, uh, I, I you know there was always speculation about Overeem. And, uh, you know, obviously coming over from overseas and when they started testing harder, he looked a lot flabbier, wasn't the same Overeem looking guy, but still actually fought better uh, without the maybe possible roids. But I look at Brock Lesnar and I, I there's just no way that that body was built without steroid. I mean, down to his head being like a flat top like that. There's no way, you know, you know that, you know. Um, you know what a typical Mark Hunt's a prime example of what a heavyweight looks like. A little bit of a gut, a little bit. I mean, you know, it, it's tough to sustain muscle at that size. And then you got Brock Lesnar coming in there with a sword on it, his tattooed on there, and he looks just ripped, and it doesn't even look human. Yeah, you can tell one guy's on steroids, one of the guys isn't. Uh, who was I thinking of? Do you know who Gabby Garcia is? Yeah, we talked about her. Yeah, right? the female dude. No way. Right, I mean, you know, they say they test people and 
in Japan. <laughs> Bullshit. Their test could be God. somebody not watching. It's like a test. It's like, yeah, exactly. It's like they test you, but mm, you could sneak in. Maybe here. we'll maybe we'll turn your test in. Maybe we won't. There's no athletic commission saying like, okay, let me see that pee test. They're like, we lost it. We don't know where it went. <laughs> I'm like, because I think that girl's pee fucking boils. <laughs> or, or, or it's all natural. She's just a freak of nature. <sighs> just absolute freak. Maybe she just freaking lifts weights 24-7. She reminds me of that old wrestler, China, who died. You remember China? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, if I pulled her up, you, China took a lot of roids. So this was when, like, Triple H and stuff came in. And she was just, I think they labeled her the ninth wonder of the world. And she she looks exactly like Gabby Garcia. You knew right away. And then her yeah. life was short. Women that take steroids, it 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 changes their jaw, jaw structure and, like, their facial structure. It's always super obvious when a chick takes steroids. Yeah. Because they get these stupid insane like iron man like captain america jawlines you know and that's the steroids like and i don't know i don't know why but that's like one of the huge side effects of you know like women abusing steroids is like they get these crazy these crazy crazy jawlines and you know like you see these chicks and you just know like you know for a fact like that girl abused steroids for 10 years because she's got that freaking crimson chin shit going on well, we got to wrap up this show. Uh, I want to thank Cody, as always, and Rochelle, as always. Next week, guess what? Special special week for us. You know what it is? No. We celebrate five years. It's our fifth year anniversary. I'm going to plan a, a – try to do a star-studded, lots of quick interviews, five minutes from people that I've been holding out favors for for a while to just have them come in and uh, do our five-year anniversary. But, yeah, we celebrate five years. Sweet. Damn. <laughs> it's a I wonder, long time. That's where the wrinkles came from. Yeah. I wonder if five years ago I did an interview with you guys. I wonder if it's been that long. Oh, yeah. I'd be it, curious. It has. Because yeah. it was in Raw Radio X. Yeah. Yeah. It was at the... You had long yeah. hair. You wore a tank top. Tank we tops. have pictures. I mean, today you're, you're conservative hitting, dress. You're hitting you're, on ring girls. I mean... It, 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 totally different now. Conservative. You got a collared yeah. shirt over there. No tank top. And... Uh, I got camo G- pants on. <laughs> But you no know, hat turned backwards. You were, yeah. uh, things have changed, man. But for things the better, man. Things are good. All right. We'll be back next week I'll celebrating five years. Girls, All right. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Got it.